In its quest to provide an open forum for discussion of controversial issues, this station allows hosts and their guests to express themselves without any significant censorship. You are advised that any view expressed by the host or their guest are not necessarily the views of the owners or management of Toginet Radio, Togi Entertainment, or the Owners Group, Inc. us on a journey into the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable. We will test your senses and challenge your beliefs. A world where science and religion clash. Or do they? You will meet real people and hear real stories, but you will not believe. You will witness strange sights and hear strange sounds, but you will not believe. This is the New England Ghost Project. Welcome to the everyone and welcome to another edition of Ghost Chronicles Next Generation. I am Ron Kolick, your host, the gatekeeper to the realm of the unknown, the unbelievable, the undead, the un-everything, <laughs> New England's own Van Helsink, and with me, my co-host this time, <laughs> she wasn't here last time, Yeah. the blonde bombshell herself, <laughs> and Ronway Kerrigan. Hey, how are you? Uh, compared to what? Um, I don't know. There you go. Anybody else? <laughs> I'm very happy to be back. I missed you guys last week. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, really? I did. Yeah. I I'm swear. Sure you did. Even though you had some other blonde woman take my place. Yeah, but she was a lot older than you. <laughs> Ooh. 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 I didn't gonna, say that. She's going to get you. I didn't say it. Who said it? <laughs> the djinn the made me do it. <laughs> the evil djinn. The yeah. evil djinn. But I'm I'm very good tonight, and I am happy to be back. And you were you had a meeting with one of the cemetery girls. I did. Yesterday morning, I met up with Brenda from the Gravestone Girls. Um, and she was just awesome. It's always great to to. You know, get together with someone who shares your passion, even That's if it's for cemeteries. I mean, a, uh, what do you call it? A uh, what? Taphophile. Tef- Taphophile. You are correct. Well, yes. Well, yes. And she, she's, she's, um, she does this full time. I mean, she just quit her job and. Um, she does what full time? Look at gravestones. She looks she at gravestones. Well, yeah, some people will actually pay her because what they do is they go out and they actually take impressions. Cause, Isn't um, that illegal in Massachusetts? Only the gravestone rubbing. Um, and you do have to get permission, but it's like um, kind of like an architectural uh, putty that she was explaining that she uses, and it does not harm the stones. It has no chemicals in it that will harm the stones and just makes a perfect impression. Um, she has a lot of, you know, she has people who will actually contact her to go out and do this, I'm you know, sure looking for family does. members. Um, and she does, they do lectures and um, mm. very, very interesting person and uh, was really happy to get together with her. Cool. You know, when you first go, and I, th- I thought you were going out with the uh, Cemetery Centerfolds and that, <laughs> in- that intrigued me. There is a group, you know, called the Cemetery Centerfolds, you know. I did not know that. 
Yeah, if you go on my website, Ronald Kolick on Facebook, I, I like them. Ooh, I bet you do. <laughs> <laughs> I will have to look them up. Wow. I guess so. Wow, go hang out with them for a little while, huh? <laughs> <laughs> so anyways, we actually have a great show. But oh, two things I, I do want to mention before, actually three things. Can I say three things? Yes, three things. Okay. Uh, this coming Saturday, I will be giving a lecture at the uh, FOWL, which is the Friends of Wood Island Lighthouse up in Biddeford Pool at 9 o'clock in the morning. Ugh. <laughs> so... Mm. Uh, and it's free, but they have coffee and pastry. And then that's this Saturday. That's in Bitterford Pool. And then uh, on the following Saturday, we're doing the last of our ghost uh, ghost walks and uh, at the Fort and Lighthouse for Portsmouth Lighthouse. And all the proceeds go to the Friends of the Portsmouth Lighthouse. It's the last mm-hmm. one of the season. Oh, wow. And we've sold out every time. So there you awesome. go. And then one more thing, on August 20th, we will be doing a pirate ghost cruise, which is going to be a lot of fun right out of Rockport. So uh, if you go on our website, neghostproject.com, it has all the details. But we've kept our guest on the phone, yes. on hold for way too long. Uh-oh. She is she is perhaps, I would say she is the, how can I introduce her? Um, I think she is the ex-squinsel Female paranormal investigator. Quintessential? Is that the word you're looking for? Uh, it works. Okay. She is none other than Rosemary Ellen Guiley. Woohoo! You with us, Rosemary? I certainly am, Ron. How are you doing? Awesome. Good. How are you? Well, I'm uh, busy as ever working on multiple projects, but always glad to take a little time off to have a chat with folks like yourself. Awesome. Hi, Rosemary. Hi, Anne. How are you doing? I'm excellent. Thank you. The last time I spoke to you, believe it or not, I think it was in 2004 or something when I had my show on uh, WCCM. Yeah, I, I remember that, but I couldn't remember exactly when it was. It was a long time ago, young lady. Hmm. Well, and, we won't talk about how long ago. Uh, There's no such thing as linear time anyway. <laughs> That's absolutely true. Except for, well, unless you're an astronaut, and then you actually gain time. They do. Did you know uh, well, that? I think time is rather bendable under certain circumstances. <laughs> but, no, they actually proved that the Russian astronaut who holds the record for the most time in space has actually gained time. Did you know That's that? That's a nice feat. A uh, 50th of a second or something for, like... <laughs> 200 million days in space, but hey. I hope he put it to good use. Yeah, really. <laughs> he did. He read your book. I hope he did. That's right. <laughs> he better not be frittering that time away. <laughs> so, so, Rosemary, uh, you know, there's a lot of talk. I mean, the paranormal changes from year to year. I mean, according to what's hot and what's not. I mean, last year it was demonology, and, uh, and this year everybody's into the gin. And I don't think anybody knows more about the gin than you do, if I even said that right. <laughs> well, I, I certainly have done a lot of investigation on the gin, and uh, one of the, the things that I've been urging in the paranormal community is uh, they are definitely an entity that needs further investigation and research. Uh, and um, they're in the playing field. We need to take them into consideration in our investigations and in 
especially uh, problem cases that are reported to us by people, because I think they're very active among us. Um, we have, we, i.e. human beings, we have contact with a lot of entities, and uh, the jinn have been very much below our, wa- our radar in our culture because uh, we, we never really learned enough about them to take them seriously. And, and actually, people are in the chat room, they're saying, oh, what's the jinn? Well, in a nutshell, the jinn are uh, supernatural uh, entities. They exist in uh, another realm, a parallel dimension, um, like other entities do. I think that our entity encounters are interdimensional, including what we call extraterrestrials. They're not really off-planet. I think they come from uh, another dimension. And uh, they have the capability of shape-shifting and acting like a wide range of entities that we encounter in other situations. Uh, That would include angels, fairies, demons, shadow people, ETs, mysterious creatures, um, and unknown what Keel called ultra-terrestrials, entities of unknown origin. Some of them have uh, hostile intent toward us. Uh, they can act in very demonic-like ways, but they are not demons. They mm-hmm. can uh, shape-shift into a variety of forms, including human forms, uh, but their natural state is uh, something that we probably don't even know what they really look like. According to lore, they were created from smokeless fire, which in modern terms would translate into plasma. Uh, and mm-hmm. they're hidden. Their name, the jinn, means the hidden ones, Uh, and they like to be in the background. They like to be in remote areas. They like to um, not have their purposes and motives uh, discovered, and I think that um, they're very active in in terms of paranormal activity, Uh, and because we, we don't know much about them, and many people haven't even heard of them, um, we don't take them into consideration, and I think that they can explain some of our more perplexing cases, the cases that are never resolved or nobody knows quite what they are. Hmm. Uh, and by the way, I think too many investigators have a tendency to label everything negative demonic, um, which is not the case. There are plenty of entities that can cause problems that are not uh, demonic, and sometimes it it takes a while before you really know what you're dealing with in, in a situation. So, I mean, we can't prove anything. We have an echo in here, at least I do in my headphone. Um, I don't. But we can't prove really anything as far as ghosts. I mean, it, it, and yet you, you mentioned at least uh, a dozen different types of beings. And none of those can be proven in, in, in themselves. So, I mean, how do we know, know they're not all the same entity? Uh, well, that is a very good question, and it's certainly one that I have asked in my research uh, in trying to ascertain uh, what's behind uh, what we experience and is there something else behind that. Uh, and uh, the, the paranormal is, um, I'm very fond of saying it's, it's not a pie chart divided into neat little colored slices that you can lift out. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a very blurry landscape where um, things seem to morph and shape shift uh, from one to the other. There's 
uh, incredible overlaps among different kinds of entities, different names for this for what sound like the same entity. If you go deep into study on any particular entity, um, you find a lot of contradictions, a lot of similarities, um, a lot of different interpretations, but yet it seems to be the same the same entity. So is there really one entity behind everything we're dealing with? Uh, I don't think we have enough information to really uh, answer that question yet, but right. but is apparent um, is that there are an awful lot of overlaps and things are very interconnected. Um, when I uh, started researching vampires, one of my favorite topics, vampires, <laughs> uh, some years ago, and I just came out with uh, a new addition to my encyclopedia of vampires and werewolves, the folklore is amazingly complex and contradictory, and also sometimes if you didn't know something was labeled a vampire, uh, you might think you were reading about a poltergeist, an incubus, or a succubus, a nightmare hag, uh, a, a plain apparition, uh, or something else altogether. So uh, a lot of times I think it's us who are putting the labels on things and we're trying to make distinct distinctions because human beings naturally want to distinguish between apples and oranges. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in the, the paranormal defies that uh, by its very nature. So with the djinn, uh, the, the case that I built for the vengeful djinn, which came out this spring, is that here's an entity that we haven't considered, which um, seems to be very active in the paranormal, has the capability of mimicking other entities that we're dealing with. Ha- they have their own agendas. We need to take them into consideration. Uh, and the more we discuss uh, cases that may be of a gin origin, mm-hmm. um, the more educated we are on understanding the differences and also learning how to deal with that. Uh, right now we have very little information on the table in terms of our approaches to paranormal investigation. So that's what I'm advocating. Uh, here's something we haven't taken into consideration before. It, uh, there's evidence that um, the gin are very much a factor in things. So let's broaden our scope of inquiry, learn about them, and uh, see how they stack up in terms of uh, particularly negative cases. We're more likely to, to come up against them uh, in a negative case, uh, those are the ones that seem to be most interested in interacting with us to cause us problems. Uh, okay. Well, one thing I would like to say about, you know, uh, the djinn, um, they originate out of Middle Eastern lore, but that doesn't mean they're confined to a geographic area any more than Celtic fairies are confined to England and France. Mm-hmm. Um, there may be a body of lore that, speaks the most to um, entities and uh, describes their characteristics and behaviors, but uh, they have the capability of being anywhere. I'm glad you said that because we just had a question about that in the chat room. Um, we we one of our um, One of our chatters is from uh, Canada, and she wondered if she had a gin uh, in her home. So... so there's no geological area is what Rosemary said, so right. it's possible. But, I mean, we, 
how do you how would you identify it for instance a jinn from a demon let's let's go both ne- let's go negative extreme negative right yeah that's the question that people ask the most because the jinn act out in what seem to be demonic ways and sometimes it may be very difficult to tell the difference but some of the um some of the things that may stick out the most are one uh, the, in demonic cases where we have um, evil entities coming to uh, create uh, an infested environment or uh, to work on an individual in progressive stages through oppression, mental, psychological, emotional oppression, physical um, deterioration, and finally complete possession. Um, I prefer to call these demons satanic demons because they they come straight out of our religious orientation. We consider them to be servants of Satan who are out to subvert the soul. Consequently, these entities have certain reactions to certain religious uh, passages from the Bible, certain objects, they behave in certain ways, and they want to claim the soul. Hmm. Uh, They have free will. Um, They are entirely self-serving. Some of them really may not care what happens to your soul. So it's kind of like a government thing. <laughs> Some of them may want to amuse themselves. They may want to have physical hits off uh, vicariously um, off, off the body. They may want to torment somebody from their own amusement because that person has angered them in some way. Um, they do uh, have the capability of sucking off the life force. So their motives tend to be quite varied. Um, and I would not consider them to be necessarily servants of Satan, even though they have um, a, a leader figure by the name of Iblis who is equated with Satan in our religion. Uh, there are no fallen angels in, in, uh, in Islam, and the jinn are not fallen angels. Okay. Uh, they existed before human beings did. So that uh, those would be some distinguishing characteristics. Um, traditional approaches toward exorcism that we are likely to apply against demonic entities may or may not work against the jinn. Um, and um, it's been written for centuries in the Quranic commentaries that the jinn are very tricky. Well, demons are tricky, but the jinn are very tricky. They're dangerous. And because they have free will... Um, they don't necessarily uh, have to do what you tell them to do. If they have the power and the interest in resisting you, um, they are capable of doing that. Now, there are exorcism techniques that are applied against the jinn. Muhammad was very effective in in dealing with the jinn. And there are magical textbooks, just like we have magical textbooks in our culture. So we, we can't broad brush things with, um, generalized statements. There are many, uh, many nuances, many complications, but it seems that some cases that we label demonic that resist resolution, and there are truly demonic cases that do require many exorcisms before they're resolved. Oh, absolutely. But gin cases, uh, negative cases that are really resistant to uh, resolution and the entity does not behave like a, a demonic entity is expected to behave, um, then we must consider other entities, and the jinn would be the most likely candidates. Uh, 
We have a so, question from the chat room. Um, uh, would a gin leave yard debris in someone's bed? This is a serious question. Yard debris? Yard debris. You know, leaves, um, sticks, things like that. I'm sorry, that's completely breaking up on my end. What the question was from the chat room, would a, would a gin leave yard debris in someone's bed? Um, you're very faint, and all I heard was, would a gin. Oh, um, would a, would a gin leave yard debris in a bed? Hello? Go. Yeah. Uh, if you could repeat the question, Ron, because I can barely hear Anne. Okay. Okay. We'll have to work on that. Um, would a gin leave yard debris, like sticks and leaves and stuff, in a bed in a home? Is it possible? Uh, well, uh, maybe. Um, but... Um, uh, the, the thing is that it, this is almost like dream interpretation. You can't take a single element out of a situation and say, would an entity do this? Well, they might, they might not. There right. are a lot of entities that might do something like that. A fairy would do something like that. Um, hmm. you know, an elemental. Uh, well, maybe an elemental. It would be more likely a fairy. Okay. Um, but there are trickster entities. Uh, who will do things, and you have you have to examine situations within their holistic entire context. What is everything going on? How did um, these things start? Um, the person or persons involved have to be interviewed. Um, it's you know you would do this in a demonic case. But, uh, you know, I get email all the time from people saying, um, I had this happen, what does that mean? Well, mm -hmm. it's, it's, you, you can't answer questions like that because it's taking something out of context. So the answer is, yes, it could be a djinn, but it could also be a demon. It could be a fairy. Uh, it could be um, an unknown um, entity uh, that we would call an ultra-terrestrial. There are certain entities that are likely not to do something like that. Uh, shadow people are not known to do things like that. Um, it's not something associated with what we call the aliens or the extraterrestrials. So uh, sometimes we have to do like processes of elimination to try and get um, a handle on things. And even then, we just a lot of times we just have to give it our our, our best assessment. You know, like you were saying, Ron, uh, there's, there's really, we have no um, hard proof of any of these entities. All we have are thousands of years of human anecdotal testimony describing our contact with otherworldly presences and beings, uh, indicating that clearly there's something out there, but uh, all we have to go on is uh, what we experience and how we interpret our experiences. I agree. I agree 100%. I mean, that's like someone calling calling you and say, okay, the lights are flickering in my house. Do I have ghosts? Right. right. Well, you might, uh, or it might be something else. It might uh, be wiring. It's normal at all. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so, I mean, uh, people, uh, you really need to do much more research. I mean, there is no quick answer uh, for a lot of this uh, activity that's going on. Uh, that's very true, and a lot of times people uh, do want quick answers. Uh, you know, they um, watch the unreality shows, and 
But anyway, oh, getting back to the trickster nature of gin. Um, There are very um, playful, mischievous gin that like to to do tricks. They become uh, almost infatuated with people. They like to follow them around, maybe even attach to them in some way. Um, they they behave very much like uh, the fairy presences do, especially around children. Uh, there are other jinn that are more interested in using us as kind of a food supply source. That is, they want our life force energy. And so, almost they, like a psychic um, vampire. Uh, yeah, like a vampire. You know, suck off the life force and make use of it themselves. There are others that have revenge grudges going because uh, you moved into their territory or you did something inadvertently that uh, brought some harm to uh, a particular jinn or a member of its clan or family. And there are others who are really more terrorist-oriented. Um, they have a longstanding um, dislike for human beings, and they just want to cause as much upset and trouble as possible. So um, you'd have to say that the jinn are like human beings. Human beings are neither all good nor all bad. Um, and individuals who are mostly good still have some trickster and bad in them and, and vice versa. So the jinn are very complex. We're, we're much more used to um, having a uniform label for entities. All demons are evil, which is not true either. All angels are good, which is not true either. Exactly. Um, and fairies uh, run run the mix uh, as well in terms of, of their temperaments. So um, we, we really do need to start regarding these otherworldly realities as uh, more complex. Uh, they're, they're populated by beings with a wide range of attitudes and behaviors and characteristics and motivations. Okay. Huh. Now, do you think, you know, I think, I know you do a lot of research into these various things, and you've written umpteen books about them. And, uh, you know, people like Bob Curran have written uh, different classifications. I mean, do we need a distinct classification uh uh, the, you know that you know, for instance, like like we wouldn't ha- have in uh, anthropology. Uh, you know, this is this is because of this, this, and this. It's distinctive, and everyone can agree upon it. Um, I am uh, a category for what in particular? Each each of these beings are entities. Being well. Um, well, you can think about the question because we have to take a break right now, Rosemary. Okay. Okay, and you are listening to Ghost Chronicles Next Generation with Ann and Ron, and we'll be right back after the following messages on Tojinet, Parrax, Ghost Channel, and beyond. Welcome to Tojinet, radio with a cutting edge. Now, this Saturday morning, we're going to count them down one more time from number 40 all the way to number one with the official classic hits countdown, the American Rock and Roll Countdown. We'll count down the biggest hits of the 70s with interviews and artist information, news, weather, sports, you name it, we'll have it this Saturday morning, 9 o'clock Eastern, right here on Toginet for the American Rock and Roll Countdown. The American Rock and Roll Countdown. 
Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for you to be a rock star. Get ready to rock with Rock Talk and Kirk Deswalt and learn how to achieve rock star status in your industry every Tuesday afternoon at 2, 1 Central on Toginet.com. Craig Deswald is the creator of the Rockstar System for Success. Craig will share easy tips and strategies on how entrepreneurs and businesses can use outside-the-box marketing strategies to stand out from their competition. Each high-energy show will feature interviews with celebrity rock stars as well as business rock stars. For more on Craig, the show, and the Rockstar Marketing Boot Camps, check out the website, Craig Deswalt, D-U-S-W-A-L-T dot com, so you can learn how to be perceived as an expert and celebrity in your field, so more people come to you to buy your services and products. Then, get ready to be a rock star with Rock Talk and Craig Deswalt. Tuesday afternoons at 2, 1 Central on Tugginet.com. are back with Ghost Chronicles Next Generation, Ron and Ian, and we're talking to our special guest tonight, Rosemary Ellen Guiley. Are we back? Ooh. I Hello. heard a ghost dog. <laughs> I think That's we lost story. Rosemary. Uh oh. No, I'm still here. Oh, oh good, 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 good. good so good. anyways, the the question we did ask before the break or I asked is as you know how I mean we have certain uh classification now, for instance, this is a uh, a tiger uh you know and the various uh breeds of tiger. Will we ever get to that point where we can have a consensus among the paranormal community that uh this particular being because of this and this and this is a is a gen and it's you know or a, or a, uh, a Pugwudgie or, or anything else. I mean, you think we'll ever get to that point where we have total consensus? Um, my feeling is that the, the deeper you go into things, the harder it is to um, have boundaries from one thing to another. And um, yet we we have these identifiable and recognizable entities that we have agreement that they're they have certain traits and characteristics, um, but it is subject to a lot of uh, many of these things, a lot of different interpretations. And I go back to the vampire there, that um, just moving around Eastern European lore and Russian lore from uh, geographic locale to geographic locale, the definition of the vampire and its characteristics could change rather markedly, but yet they were all vampires. So okay. um, I think that um, these things are, are sort of under constant revision, and this is another reason why it behooves us to, um, to do research and uh, to be as broadly knowledgeable as possible so that we have a bigger context by which to evaluate things. Uh, and that helps a great deal. But um, just to give you an example, since I started studying shadow people in depth uh, right around the end of 2004, and I've collected hundreds of cases of shadow people um, and interviewed many people about their experiences, my concept of shadow people uh, has changed a number of times based on my research. And uh, I think that that's just the nature of the paranormal. Right. 
We actually have a question, I mean, a caller from the, uh, well, a caller. Can you, you, would you like to take the call? Sure. Excellent. Okay. Edwin, you there? Oh, we just lost him. Oh, no. Oh. <laughs> All right. That was so close. <laughs> is, that, is that Edwin from um, Victorian? Yeah, that was the haunted Victorian, actually. Excellent. Well, maybe yeah. he'll call back. Uh, hopefully. I hope so. All right. So that didn't work well. No. <laughs> <laughs> Must be paranormal, as they say. So, it's so Rosemary, uh what have you got coming up with yourself as far as, I know, I know we talked earlier on the phone, you've got a ton of books you're working on, uh, and some, do you have some events coming up, coming up as well, and how can people uh, contact you? My main website is visionaryliving.com. I have my calendar posted there. I also have another website called ginuniverse.com, which is solely devoted to uh, the gin, and uh, you can reach my calendar that way too. I'll be at um, the uh, Michigan Paracon in Salt St. Marie next weekend. Looking forward to that very much. I'll be co-presenting with my very good friend John Zappas. I'll be at Dragon Con over Labor Day weekend, Mothman Festival in September. Oh, God bless you. <laughs> and uh, some smaller events, you know, more local right. and regional events. Uh, I do a lot of college lecturing in October, so I'll be uh, traveling around from campus to campus. Okay, we do have Edwin back, so why don't we put him on? Oh, Edwin, you there? Uh, yeah, can you hear me, Ron? Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, hi, Ron. And, and, and um, actually, I wanted to ask, pose a question for Rosemary. Uh, someone may have to repeat the question because Edwin sounds like he's Talking through a wormhole. I hear that too. Gate vessel. Right. Hello. 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 <laughs> Is he still there? Did you get the? Did you get the? Did you get his question? I get totally blocked off. No. Oh, he. Oh, he said hello to us both, but then uh, we lost him. He sounded like an alien. <laughs> <laughs> in alien land. All right, you know what? We'll have him type his question to us, and that'll work out right. Oh, well, yeah. Okay, sorry, Edwin. We're going to have to uh, say goodbye to you because we really can't hear you. All right, we'll have to figure out what that is. So, anyways, uh, uh, he, he will type his question in the chat room. We'll get over that. Okay, now, uh, Rosemary, I mean, of all the creatures or entities that you have investigated, which one do you find the most fascinating? Well, of course, uh, I find the gin very fascinating because they are so complex, and uh, we uh, know very little about them in our culture, so that makes them an incredible mystery, and that always uh, gets my attention. But shadow people have been uh, quite fascinating uh, to research over quite a long period of time now. And uh, I, I also like vampires, and I'm very fond of angels. They're quite complex, the angelology. Well, have a lot of depth to them. I'm really interested in just about everything, but I would say those are, those are at the top of my list. Hello? Uh-oh. Okay, I don't know if I'm on the air or I'm off the air. <laughs> Hello? Hello? Hi, is this Edwin? Yes, it is. Hi, Hi Edwin, it's Ann. 
Hi, Anna. How are you? I am great. I don't know what's going on um, with the show, and I'm not sure if we're on the air or not. Um, oh, uh, let me on. check to see my Internet. Um, that is, this is really crazy because Rosemary got really echoey. and uh, um, Yeah, there is an echo. I put on the online, and yeah, there's definitely, oh, I think it might have went off. Are you there? Um, uh, actually, I can hear you talking. You're actually live. Yeah, I can hear you. Oh, okay. So I'm, uh, I think I'm the only one on the air. <laughs> I'm really oh. not sure. Okay. okay. The, the chat room is saying, yes, Anne, we can hear you and Edwin. <laughs> hey, we're famous. Oh. <laughs> we're famous. Okay. Well, what was the question it's... that you wanted to ask her? Um, well, as you know, um, Ron had investigated here at the Victorian um, the mansion, of, um, and it's been known to be haunted for quite some time. But one of the things that I'm very worried about, since Rosemary's been talking about the gin, um, could that possess someone, take over someone? Um, right. Because that actually happened here. Really? Uh, yeah, with Lillian when she found her covers off and she heard voices, and then she was led to the basement and she started digging. Um, oh my God! Came, yeah, she came across a pel- pelvic bone. Um, which was, oh. Yeah, so I didn't know if she ever heard of any other cases or anything like that. Oh, that is amazing. Well, if we get her back, I'm sure she'll be happy to answer that question. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But, um, well, I'm going to talk to you, if you don't mind, since we kind of lost Ron and Rosemary. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I mean, Do you have time? Okay. Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm fine. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, with all the crazy stuff that goes on here, I found the topic, um, you know, very interesting. It's just been... Uh, yeah. So, I mean, I, I would have so many questions I could pose to her, um, you know, living daily with the stuff that goes on here and, mm-hmm. and speaking to other people who've lived here in the past. Right. And they confirm the same type of things with the shadow peoples and the mm-hmm. voices and the knocking. So, um, I, I would just... I, I would love to to see what Rosemary's um, views were on all that. <laughs> right. The possession is where I'm really um, quite fascinated with. And I mean, because I I don't know a lot about the gin, but I mean, to be able to tell the difference, I think it's probably a really really fine line. Um, I mean, how would you or I know? Um, you know, is this a demon? Uh, what kind of entity? Is it a djinn? I mean, that's something, I don't know how one would, would draw that line. But uh, Right. And with with the, the voice itself, is it being disguised? Is it like sort of like a demon? Um, because the voice was very angelic. It was very, you know, it sounded uh, very pleasant. Uh, Lillian heard the voice. I heard the voice. But mm-hmm. apparently it made Lillian do something that, she would normally do, and she right. doesn't even remember. She was going in and out. Right. Uh, Rosemary, I think I'm being told Rosemary is back. Are you there, Rosemary? I am, yes, Anne. Oh, can you hear me? Uh, oh, I can, I can hear you. I can hear Edwin better. Oh, okay. Edwin, why don't you go ahead and ask Rosemary um, your question? Oh, yes. Um, yes, hi, Rosemary. I'm hi enjoying there. the topic, and it, what it has to do is with the gen. One of the, I live in a, a known haunted mansion um, that's over 100 years old, and one of the craziest things that recently happened was that my fiancé was taken over by an entity and was led into the basement and started digging. She wasn't aware of it. She was going in and out, 
Mm-hmm. And she came across a pelvic bone, um, which was, uh, you know, as far as her, her blanket being pulled off, she heard voices that morning, and she was singing and humming. So it, it, it's kind of a crazy occurrence, and a lot of people um, think that that could happen again. And I, I just wanted to see what your views were, if you ever heard of this. Um, uh, well, I've, I've heard of cases of people being overtaken by uh, presences in situations. Sometimes it seems to be a one-off thing. Um, a, a, a gin presence is more likely to continually pester somebody or to be a problem in an environment. It's not going to be a one-off thing. So, uh, well, actually, um, it, it's funny you say that because many people who are sensitive and psychic, and we get a lot of other things that, as though they're playing pranks, things shutting off, TV shutting off, um, vacuums shutting off, and everyone thinks there's, there's like a child attached to Lillian, which is my fiancé. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's, so there is a lot of things like that, what you were describing earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna jump in mm-hmm. can I jump in for a minute, Edwin? I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm being told that we can't get Ron back <laughs> unless we get rid of you. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, no, Would I you, understand, yep. But uh, is absolutely. that did did she answer your question enough or um, yeah, I mean, absolutely. I mean, I, I, I appreciate you spending a little time in explaining this to me. I was just worried about that and seeing what your views are on it. Um, but it is a little bit of both where they'll play pranks and also, um, you know, something being possessed. So, but I appreciate it. Thank you so much, and have a good evening. Thank you for having me on. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you, Edwin. Thanks. Bye-bye. Okay. Hi, Rosemary. Can you hear me? Rosemary? Uh-oh. <laughs> Hey, I think I'm talking to myself again. <laughs> um, I'm sure we'll have Ron on momentarily. Um, but I think this is really... <laughs> now, Ron's teasing me in the chat room here because he's saying, well, it's up to me whether we get him back on here. But um, I think tonight's topic is really interesting. I've never... This is the first time I've actually heard about a gin, so it's a big education for me. Is anybody back with me yet? I am. <laughs> hey, how are you? Because <laughs> they're going to start the hearing. You know, you know, it's got to be the gin. We never had, you know, ever. We've done this show. I don't for a <laughs> Never ever had the problems we've had tonight. Well, you know, I can't hold my gin. So <laughs> yeah, there whatever. you go. All right, that's why I don't drink that stuff. Rosemary, are you still with us? I am, and I, I would like to address something that uh, Edwin was starting to touch on. Okay. Um, that, uh, you know, we were talking about, you know, what distinguishes a jinn from other entities, and it's often hard to know. But in, in some ongoing long-term problematic cases, um, various techniques will not get rid of the entity. You can bring in whatever religious uh, or magical persuasion uh, you want, and uh, nothing dislodges it. But they seem to be able to to attach to land, um, and they consider the land to be theirs. And this is also very characteristic of fairies. Right. And when places get built on land that is occupied by uh, a rather vigorous entity, and they don't like it, uh, then they have uh, they they can cause haunting problems. 
and it's a portal that really never closes. Um, so if various remedies are undertaken and, and the entity shapeshifts a lot, it seems like a poltergeist, then it seems like a demon, then it seems like a nightmare hag, and it's a shadow person, and it has multiple manifestations, uh, it may be the same entity, and it's, uh, it, it considers it to be the, the uh, rightful occupant of the space you're in, and you're the squatter. So it, it's more than a, an energy being. It, it, it actually becomes a physical being. They have the capability of taking physical form, but how long they can remain in those forms, um, it's, it's unknown. I think that uh, a lot of the entities that we interact with who seem to have shape-shifting capabilities, if they could take physical form and stay here all the time, some of them would because they like it here. Uh-huh. So there's seems to be something about the requirements of being in our dimension that uh, they are only capable of meeting uh, on a temporary basis. Uh, now, one of the things that I've speculated in, in regard to the jinn is that there are some of them who really would like to be in this world more of the time or maybe even all of the time, and they consider it to be their rightful place that they got pushed out of to make way for human beings. Uh, and so they would take a form uh, that they could operate in uh, for as long as that battery lasted, so to speak, and that may be one reason why they would want to draw energy off people. But it may be more than that, and uh, I speculate in the Jin book in the chapter on shadow people that um, the shadow people who are mostly bedroom visitors uh, these silhouette figures that come and uh, stand menacingly by the bed and in corners of the room and whatnot, but seem to be observing us, that uh, some of them may be scouting information about us, our emotions, our biology, our DNA, our genetics, uh, the, the whole ball of wax in terms of what makes us tick, um, that would help them in their own shape-shifting purposes. And, again, these are speculations, but they're speculations based on observation and patterns that I find in the data. And um, I think that uh, this is why we need to take a, a, a big picture look at all kinds of phenomena we come up against so we can weigh things and assess things to try and determine what's really going on. Yeah, I think that's exactly what we need. But uh, on going back to the, the gin again, it, it, you know, if it's demon, you can call it an exorcist. You know, uh, if it's another type of being, you can do something else. But is there a person who deals with jinn in particular? Well, the Middle Eastern culture is, is uh, full of people who are jinn exorcists, like we have our own exorcists in, in our culture. Okay. And there are various remedies that are considered to be quite effective. Um, they may be effective against most jinn, but not all jinn. Uh, some of it may depend on the skill of the practitioner as well. And they run the gamut from uh, relying on the power of the Koran uh, to um, banish these entities to more magical techniques that we would find um, comparable to our magical handbooks to things that are even more shamanic-oriented in techniques. There are even techniques for calling in uh, big, uh, 
powerful jinn to get rid of lesser jinn, which is something <laughs> we wouldn't do with demons. We wouldn't summon up a, a heavyweight demon to get rid of a lesser demon, and we just have a bigger problem. <laughs> right. Um, but um, there are just all kinds of, of, of techniques. And there are protection techniques, uh, just like uh, we have a lot in our folklore, things that will uh, protect us or ward off negative influences. So uh, I think one of the things that would be useful to um, the education of the well-rounded paranormal investigator and practitioner is to study multicultural um, literature on um, exorcism techniques, banishment techniques, whatever you want to call them, and find the common ground in them what are the salient elements stripped of their uh, religious connotations, but what are the salient elements that seem to be the most effective in the most situations? And uh, I think we have a lot to learn regarding the gin. We have a question from the chat room. Um, okay. Is there any scientific evidence to support the existence of the gin? Is there a scientific evidence to support the existence of any entities? And, but I'll let you answer that, Rosemary. Uh, is there scientific evidence to support any entity? Um, I would say no. We haven't come up with any scientific evidence to support anything in the paranormal. We've got piles of evidence, anecdotal evidence, in support of things. We haven't got a single photograph, a single EVP, a single anything that proves anything scientifically. Exactly. Uh, and, and yet um, we have uh, this incredible um, body of literature and our own experience throughout the ages that attest to these realities. Um, so will we have proof? Well, I have in my own possession scads of EVP recordings and photographs that um, can't really be explained, but that doesn't make them scientific either. Right. Uh, so uh, we have tantalizing evidence, and at some point will we have the scientific proof? Well, I certainly hope so. I have this bulk, a book coming out with George Norrie called Talking to the Dead, mm-hmm. which is an examination for, uh, it's the case for uh, communication not only with the dead but with other entities, and can technology deliver that to us beyond uh, beyond doubt in a provable way? Right. And it's it's been an incredible history since about the late 1800s. Our development of devices and techniques using devices to get better and better evidence. And uh, I think that day will come when uh, when we will have it. But we're we're still. Uh, it's like being a millimeter away and a light year away at the same time. Right. You know, so close yet so far away. Right. And I think you know, we have like too. EVPs for, for ghosts, and we have people who have photographs of you know different things that they feel are, are ghosts. Do we have any of that type of evidence with the gin? Do we have like any photographic evidence, any audio evidence, or do they even are they audio at all? Um, they, some of them will communicate. Uh, they do tend to be very arrogant. Um, <laughs> and I'm talking about the ones that are hostile to us because those are the ones we're likely to encounter in a paranormal situation. There are probably lots of gin that uh, don't think ill of us and um, 
may even be kindly disposed toward us. But yes, um, I have had um, communication via uh, mini box uh, from entities who identify themselves as gin. Uh, these would be um, cases that I've investigated long term that I consider to be gin cases. Okay. Uh, I have two or three photographs that I consider to be evidential, possible gin. Uh, and here again, it's a matter of interpretation. Um, <clears throat> if we have a photograph showing um, something that is clearly not human and can't be explained, what is it? Um, we're making our best guess in a lot of these <clears throat> excuse me, situations. So uh, will they show up in photographs? Will they turn up an EVP? I think the answer is yes. Do we, in terms of the EVP, do we take them at their word? Is the entity who is exactly. yes, I'm a gin, are we right. really dealing with a gin or something that just wants to yank our chain? Well, right. There's no way of knowing in many cases. That's the amazing thing about the paranormal. We so really we don't another, know. We don't right. know what we're dealing with most of the time. Right. We have a, another chat room question. Well, we've got about one minute, so if you want to slide that through, that's it good. It says, uh, Michelle wants, said, if you exercise a demon, it goes back to hell, right? Where do the gin go? <laughs> the bar. The, uh, back in the bottle. The gin seem to have their uh, own dimensional reality, a parallel dimension. I think all these other entities come out of parallel dimensions, too. And they seem to have the ability to find uh, what we would call portals or thin spots between dimensions where the barriers are more permeable and afford access. Sometimes I think the access comes through uh, finding some snaky little attachment to a person, you know, kind of throwing out a fishing line and getting a hook in something and then following the line. So uh, what is their world like? Uh, I don't think we have any way of knowing. Right. Um, we have uh, really no good human descriptions of what the gin world is like. It, I, I've wondered often if it may be comparable to descriptions of fairyland because there are tremendous similarities between fairies and gin. Uh, and uh, we might take a page out of that book and learning more about them. Well, Rosemary, I want to thank you so much. We've just about run out of time. I, I do appreciate it, and thank you for putting up with this uh, technical problems we've had tonight. Well, it's the gin. <laughs> it's the gin. <laughs> I like to think it that way because uh, we have such a great producer. I'm sure it wasn't her. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. So, well, thanks for having me on the show, Ron and Ann. I really appreciate getting back with you after all this time. And we oh. wish you the best of luck at your events and stuff, and keep up the work. I mean, as far as I'm concerned, there is no greater paranormal uh, researcher in, in the industry than, than you, uh, Rosemary, and I'm not just saying that because you're here. Because as long Thank as I've been doing much. this, I know you've been been in the forefront and just continue to do so. Well, I keep trying to make my contributions as best as I can. Okay. Excellent. Thank you. Good night. God bless. Good night. Good night, Rosemary. Well, my goodness. <laughs> we had quite a go-round there, didn't we? <laughs> Ron? Don't tell me I lost Ron again. <laughs> this is too funny. Okay, guys. I think we lost Ron again, unless he's messing with me. But I'd like to take this opportunity to wish my good friend, Eric Pierce, a very happy birthday. 
He's uh, a, a big 18 years old today. Well, congratulations. Well, thank you very much, Ron. What the heck happened? <laughs> I don't know. You I evaporated. Nobody loves me. What the hell? Nobody like you know what? The gin doesn't like you, but I guess he likes me. Yeah, evidently. <laughs> Who doesn't like the blonde mom show? <laughs> anyway, oh, we want man. to thank everybody for listening, and uh, please tune in next week. When Who do we have next week, Ann? Ha, oh, ha. God. You're just going to spring this on me. Wait, no, actually, wait, I, wait. I know. It's Jeremy Dontremont, but Jeremy. we're going to be talking about Ocean Bond Mary, which is kind of, it's one of the most controversial subjects. Everybody has a different story, and, it, 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 and the story in itself is really interesting. So we're going to be talking about that uh, with Jeremy, who's got a new book coming out on it. So uh, Excellent. next week. Always yeah, love and, to talk and, to him. And in two weeks, uh, we are going to be talking with Katie from uh, Pensacola Paranormal, who will be doing a live oh. investigation at Pensacola Lighthouse. Awesome. She and was we'll very be, nice. Yep. Yeah. So there you go. Well, so great show. To wrap it up. Yep. <laughs> Till next week. Uh, good night and God bless, everyone. Good night, everybody. Thank you. From goalies to ghosties, long legged beasties, things that we hope never hear. Deliver us.